your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 640 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba, alongside Brandon Pillar up in the Blue Mountains on a game day for the Ottawa Senators. The Sens are in Belleville, and they've brought their top power play unit with them. The same can't be said for the visiting Toronto Maple Leafs. This is a weak, weak roster that they're bringing to the CAA arena. They will have Victor Mete, though, in all seriousness. We'll get into all that around tonight's game and take a look around the world of Sens prospects. It's all brought to you by Bet Online. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. Visit betonline.net. It's where the game starts. And now the show starts. This is the Locked On Senators Podcast. It's your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Senators your first listen on this Friday, September 30th. We are free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube. And the best way you can help the show grow is to like every video by clicking the thumbs up and subscribing to the Locked On Senators channel. We've reached our goal of 4,000. We're very excited about that. We appreciate you all and continue to be a friend and tell a friend to spread the word of Locked On Senators. Pilsy, it's Friday, but it's also a much more important day than just Friday. It's the second annual Day for National Truth and Reconciliation. It was great to see the Ottawa Senators really spreading awareness, the word. They're all wearing their orange shirts yesterday. We'll pull up a photo to credit of Ian Mendez and Claire Hanna yesterday, but those shirts are going to be raffled off, or I should say put up for auction, and that money will go into Indigenous charity. So I think that that's a great start for the Ottawa Senators, but a day like today is also about education. Yeah, exactly. And the whole point of uh, National Day for Truth and Reconciliation is to really take some time and reflect on all the horrible tragedies that have gone on and uh, have seriously affected communities and and large groups of people with the residential schoolings. Uh, So just take a second to kind of educate yourself. There's lots of articles going around um, talking about the facts and information because the victims and the survivors of the residential schools truly went through some horrific stuff. And it's uh, a massive, massive stain on this country's history, unfortunately. But what we need to be doing today, like Ross said, educate yourself, take time to think about how it's affected people around you and how you, how we can change so that things like this are a thing of the past only. And when you look, it wasn't even that far in the past. 1996, the last residential school closed down. We were both already on planet Earth at that point, Pills. It's not like we're looking in, like, like we're learning about the War of 1812 or like yep. all these other things so far in the rearview mirror. This this happened and it happened pretty recently. So yeah, we'd definitely say go educate yourself on it and uh, just pulling up for those watching on YouTube and thanks to Ian Mendez and Claire Hanna for taking these photos yesterday. But the the slogan, Every Child Matters, of course, what really put this in the forefront of the mainstream media 
was the discovery of these unmarked graves around residential schools and all the children who went and never came back. So yeah, we just wanted to take a moment and acknowledge this. We've got uh, the logo that the Sens are using on their Twitter profile today. We're going to have that up in the corner for this entire episode. And um, I guess, yeah, it's, it's just it's a matter of educating yourself and, and just uh, checking out a few articles and, and um, having conversations about it. They're difficult conversations to have, yeah. but they are important in the grand scheme of things. Much more important than hockey, but Pilsy, that's where we lead into heading in to a weekend full of Sens hockey tonight against the Toronto Maple Leafs in Belleville. Great for the good people of the yes. friendly city. They'll get to see some NHL action. But Pilsy, the last time you and I were in Belleville, maybe not the last time, but remember the 2019 rookie tournament they did there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the Leafs team that they brought for that might beat their team tonight. Yeah, it's uh, that is definitely a fair statement because maybe – three or four NHLers on that Leafs roster. Is Wayne Simmons still an NHLer? That's the main guy. And then Samsonov is going to be there. So there's another one. And then we cannot forget Victor Mete. The Leafs are uh, are going to rebuild him just like they did Alex Galchenyuk. So that'll be interesting to see. I think it's pretty rude, though. If you're the Leafs, like, I get it. And the Sens didn't bring a very good roster to Winnipeg. I get it. But there's probably... As many, if not more, Leaf fans in Belleville than there are Sens fans. Oh, yeah. Like when the Marlies would come to Belleville, Ross, you knew. The parking lot was packed. Uh, the building was packed. It was loud. And the Marlies versus Belleville Centers games were always really, really entertaining. So you would think they would uh, have more respect for the fans out there. But uh, if, if you're outside of the GTA, they're just tossing you aside. Big Toronto doesn't care about you in Belleville. What better time to hop on the bandwagon of the Ottawa Senators? We'll get to their roster in a minute. But this is what the Leafs are bringing to Belleville. Justin Hall, Mac Hollowell, Miko Kokonen, Philip Kral, Victor Mete, Matteo Petronori. I don't even know if that guy's real. Marshall Refi and William Ville. No. Up front, Joey Anderson, Zach Aston Reese, a guy who's on a PTO helping them reach the veteran minimum. Nicola, Nicholas Obey Kubel, Stanley Cup champ. Got to put some respect on his name with Colorado last spring. Semyon Dare Ogderston. And I might have missed that last name, but apparently he's been training in Ottawa all summer. We saw there was one Leaf jersey sticking all out right. like a sore yes. thumb at Captain Skate. So. Uh, maybe a revenge game of sorts, or they know what they're going to see out of him. But uh, yeah, they're basically bringing their fourth line as a top line. We will give a quick salute to the longest serving captain in in Belleville Sens history. Logan Shaw will be yes. in the lineup for Belleville. Okay, that's enough out of Belleville. Uh, what are you most excited to see from this Ottawa Senators lineup? And I'll pull up the lines as we do it. Yeah, pull, pull pull it up for for my goldfish brain that uh, can't can't remember uh, <laughs> my short term memory is brutal, but I do know we're gonna get a good look at uh, Derek Broussard in between Debrinkat and Giroux, right? No, we're gonna get a look at them no, tomorrow in uh, in Ottawa. Swinging them, hey, at least you teed yourself up. You're like, you know what? I'm probably not gonna know this, so you know what we're gonna get a look at tonight. Tim Stutzla between Angus Crookshank and Tyler yes. Boucher. I got I my love groups that. mixed up. Um, yeah, that'll be interesting for sure, uh, especially because 
Tim Stutzla, he's he's going to have brand new line mates. So it's interesting that he's not going to get to play with those guys in Drew and Dabrinkat. Uh, but DJ St- Smith did mention the main kind of priority for how they split these two groups was to do it in a way that each power play unit could have some time working together. So we are going to see that top power play unit uh, of uh, Stutzla, Norris, Brady, Batherson, and Shabbat. And we obviously things are subject to change. We're recording here just before 10 a.m. So the the players are just about to go on the ice right now. However, yesterday at practice, it was Ridley Gregg who was playing alongside Parker Kelly and Austin Watson. They're holding him out one more day. So Ridley Gregg will be in the lineup on Saturday. Dylan Gambrell will get another audition Gamby. in that spot. So that's one of the mat one of the battles that's still ongoing that fourth line center and we'll get to see what uh, dylan gambrell if he can pick up because he he did not play with nhlers uh in the game in winnipeg but i actually thought he looked pretty good yeah i'm a gambrell guy so uh, i think uh this is definitely a good opportunity for him and he's still the the front runner for fourth line center in my mind and after this game, I'm curious what they do with Tyler Boucher. Because we know Ben Rogers also on this roster on the lineup, but I don't think he's going to get in. Even though it might be a good story with him being from the Bay of Quinty and all that. But I think at this point, there's so much at stake with that sixth defenseman spot. I don't think that getting Ben Roger in the mix is, is really what's right for the organization right now. I think they've got to get the guys who really have a chance to make this team in there. And I say that as a tease to our final segment because the major junior circuit is officially underway. The WHL started last week. We've got nice. the OHL opening night tonight. Thomas Hamara is playing Ooh. against Chandler Romeo. So if you're a Sens fan, you've just got one OHL game to focus on for now before Ben Roger and Tyler Boucher are reassigned and we've got some great news coming out of the overseas leagues, especially for a future friend of the show. If not already, he was one of our favorite interviews all summer long, but he is absolutely lighting it up overseas. We'll tell you who that is. We'll pull up the lines for the Ottawa Senators game tonight against Toronto right after Pilsy as a quick word from one of our favorite sponsors. Ross, it's our presenting sponsor. The show is brought to you by betonline.net and for a good reason. BetOnline is the trusted online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network because they've got all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, and more. It's your number one spot for any sports betting needs. Not just hockey, guys. Football, basketball, baseball, golf. Uh, they got boxing, UFC, whatever you want, they got it. It's the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. Stay up to date with your gambling needs at betonline.net. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Guys, it's betonline.net where the game starts. All right, Pilsy, we want to say a quick thank you to everyone who's helped us get to 4,000 subscribers on YouTube. It's a nice even number. Don't we like nice even numbers? We do, and just cracking the 4,000 before the season opener, that was our, our goal, and we, we hit it thanks to you guys. Uh, definitely appreciate all the, the boost we've had in subscribers and listeners. It's been very noticeable for Ross and I, and uh, we're fired we've, up for this season. We've actually more than doubled our subscriber count since the Sens' last game of the season. I feel like that's that's the story of this show, Ross, is when the Sens aren't, aren't playing – 
that's that's when we we really take off. We we're <laughs> off season kings. I thought you were gonna say it's the story of the Sens off season. I was like, ah, you know what? I think we'll probably have to give it to the guys who were. <laughs> no, no, the main story. Yeah, hot Pierre summer. Step aside. Step aside. Uh, so for tonight, we know that Anton Forsberg is gonna play the whole game. What do you Thank what are you God. looking to see? How, what are you looking to see from him? <laughs> Just the fact that he doesn't have to keep looking over in the corner of uh, CAA Arena being like, all right, is Talbot coming in yet? So that's nice. Uh, actually, no, uh, CAA Arena, professional setting. The goalies are on the bench, are, are they not, if I remember yeah. correctly? I think so, they're actually... Um, there's I'm like a sure. middle part. The middle part where the where the Belleville Sens tunnel is to their own locker room. Yeah, yeah so, so they get their own private private reserve spot. That's, yeah, good. that's great uh, right there good for them um I'm, I'm just stalling i guess because I, I don't have much that i'm i'm looking for for anton forsberg it's it should be a relatively easy night for him mostly it's just about i want to see him getting the right angles his movement looking good basically just no no bad goals like just just keeping a nice clean game and the respect that the ottawa senators are giving to the good people of belleville Ontario as I'm pulling up right now their lines for tonight that we're gonna get the top line and that in itself is awesome gonna get to see Norris Kachuk Batherson is this rink the house that Norris and Kachuk or Norris and Batherson built you could say even though no playoffs that COVID wipeout was such a drag Yeah, not their fault yeah no doubt so you want to run through the rest of the lines here pills all right so we got the top line Brady Josh and Drake then we got Crooker with Timmy and Bush, then Kelly with Gambrell and Watson, Lucini with Chartier and Harluck, and on defense, this is an interesting defense core for yep. sure. You get Shabbat and Zub, Holden and Bernard Docker, Rubens and Gainette, and then Forsberg and Mando. All eyes are on Jacob Bernard Docker tonight, my locked-on player. Got to have another good game, put in the best position he's been in since training camp opened, right? We had the minor freakouts online on Twitter. You can follow us there at Sense Central. We were cool as a cucumber, though, because there was no way DJ Smith was going to mush Zaitsev on day one. He had to play himself out of a top six role. And guess what? It took him one game to do just that. And now Nick Holden, who DJ Smith has said, is in the lineup on opening night. There's just one open spot, and it's who's going to be paired with him. So going forward, those games out east as well, who is playing with Nick Holden is a very good indicator at who has the inside track to that job. You know what? I'm going to go so far as saying Max Gannett, listening to the way that the coaching staff talks about him, he yeah. might be second in line ahead of Zaitsev and ahead of Lassie Thompson. Yeah, this is definitely an interesting uh, debate. I, I think this is more juicy topic than the fourth line center. There's more impact uh, with the defenseman. You're going to get more minutes. And first rounders. Yeah, Ross. I hate to be party pooper pillsy, but uh, I- I'm still of the mind that I would rather see JBD start in Belleville. I-, I think just he doesn't have a lot of pro experience. I don't think he's fully ready yet. And I think you you give the edge to-, to Brandstrom until he's fully lost that job and if things are falling off the rails. Like I think Brandstrom in a third pairing role can can be uh, suitable and-, and it could work out, especially with Nick Holden. It's a good yin and yang uh, group there. So 
Personally, I think it's not quite time for Jacob Bernard Docker to come up. He's he's only 22 years old. He only had 58 games in, in Belleville. That's all he's got. And then he's got a couple tastes in Ottawa. I just don't think it's his time yet. And I would rather have him get off to a smooth start in Belleville and gain some confidence. And then if needed, like injuries or things are falling off the rails, which we cannot have happen again, um, then I think maybe you look at bringing him up. Well, I didn't even mention Eric Brandstrom's obviously another X factor as well, who could be on that bottom pair. But for me, man, if JBD earns it over the next week, you don't think that he's he should be in the opening night roster? I mean, obviously, if it's head and shoulders above of where any other defenseman is, but I, I think he's played nice, and I think of those guys, he has been the better guy. But I'm not in a rush to get JBD up there. That's I guess that's that's what I'm saying. That's fair, but I guess where I would come from with that is like that's what training camp's about. You're supposed to be in the battle and treating it like it's do or die. So if the guy who comes in and plays the best doesn't get the job, then it kind of throws a – you can throw a little side eye at the coach being like, hey, I thought the best players play, as DJ likes to say. If the best players aren't playing, then I don't care whether you're 18 years old or or 38 or however old Nick Holton is. Um, But – I what I would say more so is like maybe the fit you would want a more offensive defenseman with Nick Holden and and maybe that's looking more into it but I I think JBD would almost be a better compliment for the other two guys in Jake Sanderson or uh in Thomas Shabbat we know Sanderson's yeah. going to start with a veteran but I just mean stylistically it kind of feels like if Jacob Bernard Docker reaches his peak he's almost going to be like a Nick Holden yeah, exactly. And that's the thing too, like with having him with Holden on the third pair, I don't I don't think is the is the right spot for him just yet. I think it's it's better for JBD, better for his development to play top 4 minutes in Belleville, keep working along and uh and then come up when he's a little bit more confident. I I know it's it's exciting to get the prospects in there and everyone's down on uh, Zaitsev and Branstrom, which is totally fair. Like I mentioned, JBD has looked better, but I don't think it's been enough where it's like you have to put JBD in over right. these guys. That's where that's where I'm at for now. It's it's not a slight on JBD. I'm just Pilsy preaching patience. Uh, I, I would prefer just to wait a little while longer. I don't think the rush and necessity is quite there. How would you power rank the defenseman then heading into the second week of training camp? Because after these two games, man, now we're getting down to what DJ Smith would like to be more or less five lines and four defensive pairs. And that point... Monday's show is going to be electric. Make sure you're subscribed yeah. so you know when it drops because on Sunday, after these two games, they're going to break down into the AHL group and the NHL group. I'm sure the kids will be heading back to junior who are still eligible to do so, and that's when the real fun will begin. But right now, between Brandstrom, JBD, Lassie, and even Max Skinnett, who the team really likes, how would you power rank who has the inside job? I, I should mention, just like DJ Smith, I forgot Nikita Zaitsev, but for that last spot on the opening night roster. I'll still still put Brandy first, just just because the contract, like, yes, you want to go into training camp and, and the guys that win the battles, you give it to them, but it's deeper than that, unfortunately, right? There is a business and, and Brandy's got the one-way contract. So I'm going to put him ahead still. I think he's got the inside track. Uh, then I'll do JBD. Then I'll do Lassie. I'll put Zaitsev behind Lassie. Like I, I really think Zaitsev is going to be a press box guy. Um, yeah, and then get it. So, so you think that? Yeah, that's actually fair. So JBD Thompson, 
uh, Zaitsev, and then Gannett is is your power rankings. I want to put Brandy on top. Yeah, 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 hundred yeah. percent. No, no, that's fair. All right. Well, I I see it pretty much the same. Although I would flip Brandstrom and JBD. I just think that the team is recognizing how well JBD's done, and I mean this is no bigger kind of proof proof of that than him being able to play tonight alongside uh, Nick Holden. I oh, we're just we- in our third preseason game here. You're putting that much stock. Yeah, it, or or fourth, fourth. Yeah, it, it's only only been three preseason games. You're putting that much stock into it already. Well, not only that. Think about it. They've also been practicing together. So DJ's got an idea of kind of who's stepping yeah, up sure. in those situations. There we go. Pilsy's power ranks. Answer <laughs> nice. one. JVD uh, two. So so then you would have Brandy and Zaitsev in the press box. Yes. Okay. As of today. Okay. But again, JBD doesn't need waivers either, so you can literally keep him. And if he plays two games, doesn't play well, be like, hey, we tried it. You earned this opportunity in yeah. camp, but every day is an opportunity in the National Hockey League, and it, it can change on you in a hurry. Just ask Nikita Zaitsev, even though yes. it hasn't been much of a hurry for him. But other guys could probably attest to that a little bit better. But yeah, I start JBD there, and then we, we just ride from that, and we see what he can do on opening night against Buffalo in Toronto. And then I'd reassess ahead of the home opener. And it, it would always be, you can always pull it back to be safe, right? Yeah. Like, like if Branny starts, then he fails. Now you're putting a lot of pressure on these kids to come up and make an impact. Whereas if they're riding the momentum through a good camp and the next games will decide all of it. DJ has been on record of saying that, especially for Branstrom. Like yeah. this, th- no battles have been won. Not even and close. Th- and th- that's why I mentioned that. That's why I, I'm not ready to anoint JBD yet because the crunch time preseason games haven't happened yet. Right. But in a, ho- in a horse yeah. race, you're still watching who's in the lead halfway through. You don't just tune in after and check the score. So yeah, right now but, I've got JBD's horse is, is round in the second turn and the others are, are falling behind a little it's bit. It's that final stretch where you make your money, though. I'll, hey. I'll uh, rebuttal with that. All right. Let us know in the comments as well. What's your power rankings look like right now when it comes to the Ottawa Senators' situation on defense where they have one clear open spot? No disrespect, number 22. We've done that enough on this show over the years. We're going to hit a quick break. Then we'll get back with a look around the Senators' prospect world and Pilsy's got an end subject that he won't tell me what it is so we'll get into all that coming up next right here on Locked on Sands. All right Pilsy it's an Ottawa Senators game day the Leafs are visiting Ottawa in Belleville and then the Sens tomorrow will take on the Montreal Canadiens oh buckle up when those two teams get together we might Actually, no, no. We're, should we pull an audible, a little peel the curtain back? Tomorrow, we are going to start our Atlantic Division previews. Yes. We're definitely going to do the um, the Detroit Red Wings. Should we do the Habs? Because they're playing three games in a row against the Habs starting tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, that would be a good time. And we had a great chat with uh, Laura Saba of Locked On Habs, uh, one, one of the top shows in the Locked On NHL Network. So, I think we it should. Make sense. Yeah. Stay tuned for that because we've also got the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast and all the other Atlantic Division hosts. We've been compiling and banking these interviews, but I think it would make sense for a Habs Sends crossover tomorrow. So stay tuned for that. We are going to put these out on our audio platforms as well. So we know we've been doing a lot of YouTube exclusive. There will still be some of that. 
But these Atlantic Division previews and the Fantasy Hockey Podcast preview will be in your audio platform. But make sure, even if you listen to the show, audio, make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. It does help. The numbers just help the algorithm and all that good stuff. All right, Pilsy, which prospect overseas are you most intrigued by this season? honestly it's probably philip nordberg just because we know so little about him it seems like the senators like really pegged him as their guy he was their first selection in the 2022 uh nhl draft and he's a guy with size that i was about to say is playing in the allspenskin league but i can't keep track of all the ups and downs um he's slated to play there he's been called up twice but hasn't played however seven games at the j20 level he's got four points yeah yeah exactly so i I think that would be the guy i'm most intrigued for just because he's kind of the hardest guy to keep tabs on and we don't know a lot about him and get this his previous two games before the last one he had a goal and 11 shots on goal he had seven shots on goal in the game that he scored uh so far this season so hey he's he's picking up where he left off this is a guy who played well in that league last year had 27 points 88 penalty minutes in 42 games so uh, obviously he, he's a beast. We know that, but it's, it's how can he, how can he play with the puck on his stick and, and create offense? And it looks like he's been able to do that. So Philip Nordberg, nice little start to his season, but not even close to the start of my boy, my son, Oscar Pedersen. How about the 72nd overall pick this past draft? Kids got five goals in six games with the Rogla J20 team. Yeah, he's uh, he's lighting it up, and I am officially advocating for the nickname Pistol Pete for Oscar Peterson. Wow, very creative. Thank you. <laughs> it is actually a great nickname. I love it. What you don't like, Pew Pew Peterson? No, no, I'm not feeling no. the Pew Pew Peterson. No, me neither. Actually, <laughs> and, and Pistol, we'll just call him Pistol, man. You don't even need Pete in there. I like that a lot. And a great start to the year. Keep it going, kid. We love to see it. Um, he did. He did get credited for one game. With the SHL team, he played a total of zero minutes. So I don't know how you count that as a game played, but that's neither here nor there. Unbelievable. Isn't that Uh, unbelievable? And Ross, again, I'm such a downer this episode, eh? but we do have to touch on Levy Marilyn and had a Mm. tough, tough game. I've had a few of those three goals on six shots. Yeah. Oh, buddy, as a House League All-Star, I know all about that as well uh, <laughs> in my playing career. Um, Levin Marilainen is, of course, from our friend at Sens Prospect. Started his second league game and allowed three goals on six shots. Was pulled in nine minutes into the game and Carpat lost 7-6 in overtime. Ross, that that's a Levy Marilainen score, though, that usually he gets the W. Like a 7-6 yeah. win for Levy. I feel like that was very common for him, but tough start for, for our guy over there. Yeah, not a tough start for Cameron O'Neill, another guest to this yes. show. And I love that uh, I love that they do the projected uh, season-long points on elite <laughs> prospects. So he's had three assists in his first two games. So his projected stat line this year is 62 games, no goals, 93 assists. <laughs> uh, he's a disher. You'd probably tell him he's not a disher. <laughs> <laughs> whoops uh but yeah that that is impressive for uh for cam o'neill and uh in a new league right so he only played the yeah. four games last year and he's already beaten that point total in two games this year 
Yeah, that projected uh, stats. That's so good. It's hilarious. Um, eh? But yeah, I think he's going to have success there. And uh, Tri City, that's one of the the better programs in the USHL. So he's poised for a good season. Yes, uh, Carson Latimer, our boy. Tough start oh, for him. Uh, tough start for the team, though. Uh, more so last night, uh, they played their first uh, game of the year against. The Winnipeg Ice, and Oof. that team is just an absolute wagon. Same team that beat them out of the playoffs in five games. Who, who's um, the kid to watch there? Tyler Benson or Tyler Benson? Like yeah. yeah, he's like okay. five foot eight, but he is an. He's going to be first on Scott Wheeler's list, maybe after Bedard, but he'll be right up there for Scott Wheeler. Okay. Wheeler actually just did his primers for all the the junior leagues, and he has Winnipeg winning the Memorial Cup. So um, definitely there a team go. to watch wow. for. Yeah, Connor Geeky's already back from Arizona. They're getting uh, Matt Savoy back from Buffalo. And then, yeah, like you said, they've got a top five pick on this team going forward as well. So Winnipeg got the win 6-2. Lats was dashed two in the game. Did get four shots on goal, though, so we'll be watching him throughout the year. Uh, finally, uh, we do have a couple more left, actually. But uh, let's actually stay here. I forgot one of the guys overseas, but let's finish up with the guys in North America. Uh, still nothing from Tyson Dick with uh, with UMass. Uh, we're expecting him to, to be there. I thought he was going to the USHL, but on Elite Prospects, also it's showing too. up now as UMass. So uh, that's something that we'll have to dive into. We'll get you an update on that, whereas the USHL season has already started for Theo Wahlberg. He's playing with Dubuque Fighting Saints, the same team that Stephen Halliday played for the last few years two games just what plus one so his projected is 62 games no points plus 31 <laughs> for defense defenseman i wouldn't mind that for a stat yeah. line but i thought that was kind of funny yeah absolutely yeah so uh I th- is that it for who who else we got prospect roundup well i just wanted to let everyone know that tomorrow is the first game of the year for ohio state the ohio state university stephen halliday will be on the ice against yes. mercyhurst on Saturday, October 1st. Same for the Nodak Sen. Tyler Clevin doesn't have the same ring to it, but they're yeah, actually really playing doesn't. against Manitoba uh, tomorrow. The University of Manitoba, they always start their year off with a preseason matchup against them. And the Pene Rosa will be raised. The banner Ooh, for them yes. winning um, the NCHC regular season title last year. Back overseas, Pilsy. The last guy we forgot, Oliver Joe Hansen, okay. he's on a little bit of a stretch here playing in the SHL, which means he's playing fourth-line minutes. He's been averaging about six minutes and 40 seconds over the last three games. Two shots on goal in that span. Ross, that's better than I thought. I thought it was going to be under five minutes, so at least he's above five minutes. Still not, still slim pickings, but could be worse. No doubt. All right, what's this topic that you wanted to bring up here at the end? It's just something that kind of hit me and I was interested about. With the with the Leafs bringing that weak weak roster to to Belleville, remember the Matt Murray trade? Yeah. When do future considerations? When is that IOU check being paid? Like when when do we get to see what the future considerations that the Leafs are giving to the Sens for Matt Murray are? And how like is there a deadline when it's like okay, you have to give them something by this point, like twenty dollars or something. Well, it has to be a player or a pick. Uh, no. It, yeah. Uh, it's really? going to be, it's probably going to be a conditional seventh rounder. Uh, I think, wasn't that what they, they traded a conditional seventh rounder recently. I forget who it was, but that's just something I was kind of tinkering around with. Like, 
I, I get it's a it's a formality. You have to say future considerations, but eventually that has to be decided somehow. Like, how does that yeah. work? I have no idea. I honestly thought that it was just a way to put something on that side of the ledger of a trade so they don't just say nothing. Yeah, but it has to turn into I don't know if it does. At some point, I think does they it just consi- I just think they consider it. Like, <laughs> hey, we're considering giving you this pick. Isn't that good enough? <laughs> yeah, I don't. It's it's just something that ha- hasn't really been properly defined, or at least not not to my knowledge. So, if if any of the listeners, if you guys have a, a firm idea of what happens when future considerations are thrown into a trade, and that and that just makes me laugh too, Ross. Like. Leafs fans being like, we're going to rebuild Matt Murray. Oh, yeah, the guy you traded literally nothing for and got draft picks in return, that's going to be your guy? Oh, yeah, the Athletic is already okay. – they're already penning <laughs> the the Leafs rebuilt Matt Murray with the vitamins they're giving him. Apparently, someone on Leafs Twitter said they're vitamins that he's been having all summer. He looks great. We we hope he does well. Yeah, not against the sense, but like we're not cheering for him to be as bad as he was in Ottawa, and more importantly, as unavailable as he was in Ottawa because yeah. he did have some good stretches where where he could play. It. But um, yeah. while we're on this note of of weird trades, why aren't Matt, why aren't coaches traded more? I feel like it used to happen occasionally <laughs> <Or> at all. <laughs> when Back the in the day, coach I, was traded. I want to say that last NHL coach to be traded. I want to say that it actually happened before. Um. I mean, they're under contract. I, I guess you can trade them. Why not? Wouldn't that be so cool? Just before the 1987 draft, Michelle Bergeron of the Quebec Nordiques was traded to the New York Rangers for a first-round pick and Whoa. 75 grand. Man, trading a coach for a draft pick, that's interesting. Like that's a high a very, pick? Yeah, that's an interesting uh, strategy. I like that. Yeah, you just take on their contract. I, let's get more coaching trades. Even like trading assistants, a guy gets in a fight with his assistant. It's like, hey, we're shipping you to Columbus. Like, watch yeah. out. Or so. the the laundry's not quite done, so you ship off your equipment manager yeah. to to Phoenix or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, thanks, <laughs> no yeah. worries. Um, but yeah, no, I love that. That's all fantastic. Uh, to to wrap up this uh, this afternoon show and head us into the weekend, we will say that Zach Ostapchuk and Victor Lodine. Both wearing non-contact jerseys out before practice. Shout out TSN 1200 with the assist. They've got some video of that before practice. So again, early record today. We've got a, a, bit, a busy day ahead with work and everything. So uh, it is 1030. Usually we like to record these episodes right after DJ Smith speaks so we can get you the latest. But for that, you can follow us on Twitter at Send Central on Instagram, LockedOn.Senators. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, where you need to comment what the order is right now for the defensive battle heading into week two. We'll probably do something similar with the forwards, with the fourth line center. And we're going to put up a poll as well. We've learned about this community tab. You might have seen we've put up a a couple of them in the last few days. We're going to do that once a day. And the first two, I just want to get a feel for it. So we just put up the odds for the over-under. But going forward, I think we're going to use that for polls. So stay tuned for some polls there. Oh, we do have to wrap up with this, and this oh. is pure speculation. But, uh, Pilsy, did it. you see the artist's rendition of what they think the Senators' reverse retro might look like? I've seen so many of these pop up. You'll, you'll, have, to, you'll have to show me which exact one we're, we're dialed in on now. 
Yeah, so this is um, this is from CBJ Cannon. It's from like the the Blue Jackets website, but it's it's more okay. of a prediction than anything. Um, oh, but they actually shout out Martian in this uh, write up because he found oh, a boy. sweater that looked like it. I don't know how I feel about keeping the black look because I mean they've already got a black jersey. I didn't think the numbers popped on the red very well last year. Yeah, but what do you think of this? I think they're pretty sharp. Yeah, I, I definitely like them. Like my my first uh, initial reaction is these are cool, but it doesn't really fulfill the reverse retro. It reverses the red. It. it reverses the red and the white, right? Yeah, I I guess the only reason I'm disappointed by this Ross is I want so badly, and maybe I think it was like I forget the Twitter account, so I'm not going to waste time trying to trying to spout it. But uh, there was one where it's a red jersey with golden laurels. That's what I want. That's that, no, no, no. That's what I need. I need <laughs> that red jersey with golden laurels and the 2D logo. Like that, I feel like is em- embodying what the reverse retro is supposed to be. This like. I liked the reverse retros, the reds, but they didn't really get creative with that. They just right. they just switched it up. I, I want them to get a little bit more creative. So if it doesn't have the laurels on it, it's kind of a, a disavow for me. Like they, really, yeah, right. like that. I that was the best this. part of the old jerseys was the the golden laurels. So yeah, I, like I'm down with this as a jersey. It looks cool, but it, they they missed out on a key opportunity yeah. in my mind. That's fair. What I would have liked to have seen a bit better is using the old logo that actually says Ottawa Senators in it. I think yeah. that that would kind of lead to making it a bit different than the other one. And again, this is just a prediction, so nothing is set in stone, but maybe watch at Send Central for a sneak peek at some point. Wouldn't that be nice? But any final thoughts, Philzy, heading into the weekend? We've got a pair of oh. Sens games. Yes? I, I think, wait, pointing the wrong way. Um, I think what you were just about to lead into, but we did hit 4,000 subscribers and we did promise the good people when we hit 4,000 subscribers, we will have a giveaway for that yes. Saturday home game up as a, up against the Arizona Coyotes. Yes, we don't want to put it out too far in advance though, like uh, definitely far enough that people can plan their, their week around it for sure. It's a 4 Friday p.m. Night. <laughs> yeah, Friday night. We'll no, what I'm thinking, before. so... Everyone can write in the comments as well if you have a preference of what we're going to do. But I think of how we're going to do it, I'm, I'm very up for to, to hear opinions. However, I think that we should announce it on the first postcast of the season, Ooh. October 13th versus Buffalo. So that's a week and two days before the game. Yep, I like but it. But the week leading up to that, so the week that the season starts, I believe it's uh, October 10th. We might not have a show. That's Thanksgiving. But then the Tuesday, we'll announce it. That gives everyone 48 hours to to get involved in it. We'll we'll follow Send Central. We'll, we'll get something good. But 200-level seats for the Send's first home Saturday game. And it's a matinee. So if you're Nick Spence and you want to bring your son, if you're anyone else and, and you want to take someone special, I know it's two, but... I think that that's a fantastic idea and a great afternoon. I remember Nick telling us he loves those uh, matinee games as well. But, yeah, we'll figure something good out for that, no doubt, Pills. Yeah, exactly. So hitting hitting 4,000, thank you to you guys, and we got a little thank you in return. 
Absolutely. Uh, tonight, no go for a postcast. Tomorrow, we might surprise you with one. But I would say, in all likelihood, the postcast will return for game one yeah, of yeah, the regular season. You guys are going to get 82 postcasts uh, this year. So uh, just just be patient on the preseason postcast because we guarantee we will have a postcast after every single regular season and playoff. Whoa! Yeah, it, it's tough to tell the boss, hey, I need this night off of work for a Sens preseason game. <laughs> hey, you just don't have the right boss. That's no, that's, that's what I'm hearing. That's what you're learning here? Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, hey, we appreciate everyone for making us your first listen of the day. And again, a reminder that today is an important day to educate yourself on the atrocities that were and a dark part of Canadian history. There are a lot of beautiful things about this country. But it's not all rosy, and this was a real, real slight on what happened in Canada. And as we said, it, it happened more recently than you would have thought. Senators actually just yeah. put out a tweet, hashtag every child matters, between 1831 and 1996. So that's like 160 years. There were 140 federally run residential schools operated in Canada. Today, we remember the children who never returned home and honor the survivors, their families, and communities affected by residential schools. We pledge our continued support of and work with Indigenous people, organizations, and charities to recognize the rights and cultural contributions in our community. I thought that was pretty well said from the Senator's account, at Senators on Twitter. Um, All right. Thanks to everyone for listening. We'll be back on Monday. And at that point, We're going to have a lot to dissect as the team will be split into an AHL and an NHL group. But for today, we say goodbye. Have a great weekend. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators Podcast, your team every day.